You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You're locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Today on the show, we are going to dive into Packers draft interest. And I know it seems a little early, but we're going to do it in a very specific way as we try and figure out where Green Bay could be targeting players. And we're going to have a ton of time to talk about this coming up uh, later in the the pre-draft process. But this is something that I was just taking a look at and I want to dig into a little bit. And then I want to analyze their approach with receivers a little bit. We're going to talk about that in the second half of the show. So over the course of last offseason, I tracked all of the reported visits that I could find that the Packers made with various players. And I tracked the positions and and the, the draft order that those guys were expected to go in. And they actually met with Jordan Love, Kamel Martin, Jonathan Garvin, in terms of guys that they drafted, and then Stanford Samuels, someone they brought in as an undrafted free agent through the draft process. And I was trying to figure out, okay, of the guys that they looked heavy at last year, the positions, are there any that they looked deeply at last year that they didn't get a player there and they could look at this year? The answer is yes. So which ones are they? Well, last year, several positions, they invested a lot of time looking at defensive line, edge rusher, linebacker, safety. And they allocated a ton of resources at those positions. Now, they have two really good safeties. So you're saying, well, why did they do that? Well, they were looking at guys like Kayvon Wallace, who can also play in the slot. Antoine Winfield, who can also play in the slot. Someone like Jeremy Chin, who could play in the box, play a little bit of everywhere. It would make sense if they want to get a guy like that, a Raven Green upgrade, let's say. And they looked, you know, sort of across the spectrum, guys who could go on the first, guys who could go on the fourth, fifth, sixth. They were they were interested in pulling the trigger on some of these guys. Linebacker. They looked at all the early ones. Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen, Jordan Books, Malik Harrison. They end up taking Kamel Martin. Is that going to preclude them from taking another linebacker here in in this draft? I don't think so. It is a very good linebacker draft. Potentially a better linebacker draft than it was last year. Defensive line and edge are interesting. Because they allocated a lot of resources at those spots. And then they did take Garvin. But took Garvin in the seventh round. What do they think he is? If Preston Smith has to be released as part of cap-saving measures then you really only have two guys that you know for sure can play. And that becomes somewhat problematic. 
They allocated a lot of resources here. I think Edge could be a surprising pick early. Like in the top three rounds, they could go after one of these guys at the top. And there are a bunch of them. We'll go through them when we do our um, report card series. Uh, this was all inspired by the report from yesterday that they met with uh, Notre Dame pass rusher Dalen Hayes, someone who can play a little bit of a couple different places. But they also met last year with guys like Ross Blacklock, Raekwon Davis, Justin Matabuike, Josiah Coatney, Jordan Elliott, Lekki Fotu, and, and guys who were legit interior defenders. That could be a spot again this year that they look to. The problem is it's not a very good class for interior defensive linemen. There's some guys in the middle rounds, maybe day three that you feel good about. But early on, I mean, there may only be a handful who go in the top 50 picks. So I don't see that being a focus for them early. Also, guess what? They could draft. They could sign J.J. Watt. And then suddenly that becomes a priority way down their list. The, The ones that stand out to me then, okay, so we talked about Edge. Linebacker, could could that still be on their list? You bring in Joe Barry, who is a linebacker's coach by trade, but his teams have not necessarily spent a lot of draft capital in getting linebackers, but they have spent a lot of draft capital in getting safeties, especially in L.A. The Packers have two they like, but if you're going to play a lot of sub, could they play with Martin Barnes, one of those, maybe two of those, and a safety? There are there are some some safeties in this class, although not necessarily first round safeties that could be in the mix for Green Bay. Uh, There are some safeties, I think, on day two and early day three who could certainly interest the Packers. The question then is, what do you what do you do with the offensive line? Because Green Bay didn't really look at drafting long term offensive tackles they met with Josh Jones they had a lot of interest in Josh Jones they didn't end up pulling the trigger there do they see that as a long-term need because I don't think it makes sense for Green Bay to look at the position and say well if we think Billy Turner is the guy or we think Elton Jenkins is the guy on the right side you've got Bakhtiari under contract he's your guy for four more years if you think one of those other two guys can get you the right tackle position locked up whether it's extending Billy Turner, whether it's just rolling with Jenkins and then backfilling on the interior. You don't have to do what everyone is doing in a lot of these mocks, myself included, and that is taking an offensive tackle early. Because if you need an offensive tackle, you take one early. Generally speaking, that's where you find the talent. And that's true of a couple different positions, quarterback, edge rusher, offensive tackle, corner. If you need one of those four positions, you better take them in the first because the talent drop off after that, and especially if you want that guy to become elite. I mean, think of the best corners in the league. Jair Alexander, Jalen Ramsey. For a long time, it was Patrick Peterson. Richard Sherman was the exception that proved the rule. Seattle got remarkably lucky with that one. But you look around the league, generally speaking, the best guys, first round pick, Stephon Gilmore, defensive player of the year just a year ago. And that's where the elite talent is there. And Green Bay did, by the way, meet with some corners last year, some guys early. AJ Terrell, Jeff Gladney, guys who were, you know, legit. And and they met, by the way, with Julian Blackman, who turned out to be a really good rookie for the Indianapolis Colts, kind of under the radar. Packers met with him. 
And there were questions, what is he coming out? Is he a nickel? Is he a safety? And, and he turned out to be a really good player. I think early. We are not spending enough time talking about the potential for Green Bay to spend a high pick early on a safety. I think that's very much in play. And I think edge is very much in play early. Because you can never have too many pass rushers. You can never have too many pass rushers. And that is something that Green Bay is going to have to weigh here. We have to we have to have our JJ Watch conversation. I was I was on uh, 1280 the fan in Milwaukee yesterday saying this. If Green Bay is going to move money to sign JJ Watt, this is going to be a free agent market where there are a lot of bargains. A lot of cheap players who would normally go for double, even triple what they're going to get in this market because of where the salary cap is. And we, we did get a report that the, the league is close to an extension on this um, TV rights deal, which could allow for owners to be a little bit more amenable to cap smoothing. You see this this eye popping number the billions of dollars that you're going to get in this new TV deal. It makes it easier for an owner to say, okay, we're going to suck up some of this short-term loss because we know the long-term gains are going to be worth it. And just so you guys know, if we take this money now to backfill what we lost in 2020, that the cap's not going to go up quite as much as it would otherwise. The league doesn't want a big cap spike anyway. So that can make some sense. But if you're going to clear six, eight, ten million million for J.J. Watt, is that worth it relative to if you could sign three or four guys who can just give you solid play? What if that means it would allow you to sign two cornerbacks in the free agent market? Guys who are going to fill real glaring holes. You listened to the show yesterday. You, you know that that cornerback two is the, is the bugaboo spot. Could Green Bay get more value there. I don't I don't know what that answer is, frankly. And I think you could probably do a little bit of both because I think there are going to be some veteran corners who can be had for basically nothing. And so you can get Watt and you you can always find way to, ways to clear a million or 2 million or or figure something out there. That's not rocket science and that's what you pay Russ Ball to do. That that is a calculation they have to make and who are the guys that you can get in this draft? And there is no J.J. Watt in this draft. We know that. That's just life. He's an all-time great and still a really, really good player. When you look at double-team rate, the guy's most double-teamed over the last two years, it's J.J. Watt and it's Sidaria Smith. Well, he can make life a lot easier for both of those guys if they're both on the team. So that frees things up for you. But you're not going to find a rookie come in and replicate that. And probably not even in year two, year three, is he going to replicate what Watt could give you? And maybe you do want to sign Watt to a two-year deal, three-year deal. It's not like he's 40. Have him come in, and that would make it easier for uh, you know the cap purposes because you could spread out some of that money. Something to think about here and something that Green Bay is certainly going to think about. One position where they did meet with a number of guys, including a number of top 50 picks, is receiver. And I wonder how they're going to approach that in the draft. Something that we're going to talk about coming up here next.
But before we do, let's talk about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football may be over, but not the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the we- it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts remember to use the promo code locked on so this is a related conversation to me the packers view of their receiver room over the last year plus has been the guys in it are good we're fine with it unless we can make a big swing and we've talked about that on the show an absolute ton right and I I think that's right, of course. I don't think Green Bay is going to take a receiver in the first round. I don't know that they're going to take a receiver in the second round. I wonder, though, if this offense and this offseason will make them reconsider for non-receiver reasons. If Aaron Jones isn't back then you're missing someone who's getting 50, 60 targets in your offense, someone who can be a matchup problem against linebackers, someone who you can run mesh for, someone who you can get involved with the screen game. I loved the two running back stuff that they were doing with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, where you send Jones in motion and you've got Dillon in the backfield to run those little RPOs and really put defenses in a bind. And Aaron Jones on any given play can house one. You know, your, your offense is not quite on track. You come out in the second half against the best offense in football in a playoff game, and he rips off a 50-yarder. You're trying to seal a game on the road against a division rival in Minnesota in 2019. At the end of the game, he rips off a monster touchdown run. It's ball game. It's finito. That element, you lose. And if you lose that element, then that's one less home run hitter, but it's also one less field tilter that the defense has to worry about. And that makes it a lot easier to play too deep. It makes it a lot easier to play those those two-man coverage looks that beguiled Green Bay against Tampa. Two deep safeties, nothing over the top, and man coverage underneath. And we don't think you can handle it because you don't have a home run hitter. Aaron Jones comes out of that game. They start playing too. I mean, it's just, it is that simple. They started playing two more two-man with the two deep safeties. Tampa did when Aaron Jones got hurt. His presence on the field affected the way that Tampa defended the Packers. You lose that. It affects how teams are going to defend you. So does that change your viewpoint on the receiver position and the pass catcher position? Because there are going to be guys in the middle rounds some hybrid players, some guys who can affect the passing game that that could come in and be receivers, could be running backs. Demetric Felton is one of those guys. But they're, they're, you're going to hear his name a lot. Get used to it. There are a lot of players who Green Bay could go to and just say, okay, this incrementally improves our team. This incrementally improves our team. We get a little bit better because of this guy. Someone who 
you know, in the fourth round can come in and just be a run after catch guy. Someone who can give the ball on jet sweeps, screens, slants, and that's it. But they loosen up the defense a little bit. They give the defense a little bit something extra to think about. Those guys have value, especially if you're going to lose a home run hitter in Aaron Jones. And so I do think Green Bay is going to replace Jones with a pick, probably a day three pick. You'd love for that guy to be able to break home runs. Maybe someone like Chuba Hubbard on day three. Someone who won cut and they can just be off to the races. But you also need that added that added piece in the passing game. And, and I think sometimes fans, especially Packer fans, get a little too bogged down in the way it's always been or in the way that other teams do it. This offense doesn't require Julian Edelman or Randall Cobb, or Wes Welker, or Cole Beasley. It doesn't require the guy in the slot who can just get you five yards when you need four. It, it's it's not that kind of offense. And you look at what this Kyle Shanahan offense was in Atlanta. It was Muhammad Sanu was the, was the slot, and he was the guy on third down who Matt Ryan would look to. And in L.A. with Sean McVay, it's Cooper Cup. These are not little shifty guys. These are guys who can beat you down the field, who are going to be able to run a full route tree and who can make plays with their speed, can make plays after the catch, and who can win with their route running. They have to be able to be more complete receivers than in some other offenses. There are some guys, guys like Amari Rogers, who on day three, Day two, in the case of Rodgers, probably third, fourth round pick somewhere in there. They can come in and just give you something different. Just give you something different. And I made the case last year that Green Bay, just looking at their offense, that that they needed, they needed that monster guy. They needed the guy to come in and just be a legit to someone who the defense has to worry about every single play. And it turned out Devontae Adams is so good. Devontae Adams is so good. They don't actually need that. But you can always diversify your skill set. And so what they could use is someone who can make some plays after the catch. Who, when you throw that swing route or you throw that slant, can take a four-yard gain and turn it into 12. Or a six-yard gain and turn it into 16. It doesn't even have to be someone who can hit a home run, but just someone who has a little bit of juice in their game to the point where they can make a guy miss. And this is something Randall Cobb, for much of his career, was really good at. He was not really a home run hitter. I mean, every once in a while, he'd break out and have a 65-yarder. But it was mostly him winning in the middle of the field And then you could make a guy miss and turn 12 into 25. That was what he was great at. And Jordy Nelson opened up so much of the field for him. And Jermichael Finley, middle of the field guy. I mean, there were so many different guys that you had to account for on this offense in different ways. That maybe this is the the offseason for them to say, hey, maybe the incremental improvement is the thing. And, and look, I understood where they were on this last year. We think our guys are good enough. And, you know, just rolling with Valdez Scantling and Lazard is better than John Hightower. And they were right about that. 
MVS had a breakout season in a lot of ways. And Lazard was, was sort of on his way before he had the core muscle injury. This is an offense that's going to be really good next year. The passing game is going to be really good. They're going to be able to protect Rodgers. They're going to be able to open up runs, running lanes. A.J. Dillon, I think, has a chance to have a monster season. And I think they have enough talent. Pure talent. But you could always find some of these little ways to incrementally improve your offense. To diversify the skill sets of those guys. And it's clear they don't need another star. He would be nice. You'd love to hit on one, you know. But you don't need to search that. You don't need to allocate resources like that's what the offense needs. Of course, good players. Turns out it's good to have them. But you don't need to chase that. In the third round, in the fourth round, in the fifth round, you can find a guy to fill a role, a kind of role that you don't have. They have the speed guy now. MVS is a legitimate deep threat, one of the best deep threats in football. There's just no denying that. The numbers back it up. His speed is real. And there are not many guys who are 6364 who can run 43 flat. I, I I didn't see very many cornerbacks all year run with MVS down the field. It is really, really hard to do. Especially when he has that two-way go. You know, they line up in the slot. They got they got defenses a couple times lining him up in the slot when he can either go to the corner or to the post. His speed is dirty. And you have that great possession third down body type with Lazard, someone who's going to do all the dirty work, someone who's going to block his butt off and who's going to consistently make the third down catches for you when you need him to. But what about the guy who can take the receiver screen and when there's no yards there, get you four or five anyway. It's what we thought Tavon Austin could be and wasn't. It's what we thought Tyler Irvin could you know, bring some of. I don't think anyone was expecting him to come in and be Debo Samuel reincarnate. But that's the that's the, the skill set. Does, they don't need to be that good. You don't need to be Debo good. You know, if we think about it in like Madden terms, you know, if Debo is like an 88 or a 9, 89 just someone who can do the same kinds of things at like a 75, 78, that could really make this offense pop in a new way. You always want to be pushing forward, right? You always want to be finding ways to get a little bit better. If you don't churn your roster, if you don't churn your identity a little bit, you get stale, you get stagnant, and that's what happened to Mike McCarthy. There are guys in this draft, running backs who can play receiver, receivers who can play running backs, who are terrific fits for this team. And so it would make sense for the Packers to say, okay, I know how we, we approached this last year, but after seeing what we saw, we actually think this is the ideal situation for us to improve our roster in this specific way this year. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. They've got new flavors, guys. They've got this new coconut flavor that is unbelievable. They've got another flavor coming out. That I haven't tried yet, but I've heard from some of the other hosts who have who have gotten some of it that they they say it's unbelievable. I'll tell you more about that when I can. But the flavors that I can tell you about, guys like caramel brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, peanut butter, these things are unreal. All covered in 100% chocolate. 
They're soft, they're easy to chew, and they're all low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Plus, right now, when you use the promo code Locked On, you will get 20% off your next order. That's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. There is no news on the J.J. Watt front. There was a report from Mary Kay Cabot that he has interest uh, in joining or is at least considering joining the Browns. Uh, The Titans have expressed interest in Watt, but we don't really know anything about where he's leaning, who is the most interested or anything like that. So we're just going to have to wait and see on a lot of it. And that's fine. That's fine. We have time. He posted an Instagram of of him working out at uh, an unidentified facility and the the caption is uh, all gas no brakes so that led to a lot of speculation um, including from yours truly although I I did just sort of post it without comment to uh, create a stir a little bit and it worked of course it worked it's JJ Watt so I I don't actually think uh, it's telling us anything I was joking uh, with some friends that it means he's going to New York uh, with Deshaun Watson to play for Robert Sala because Sala apparently also likes that phrase. So we're just we're just having fun with this right now. And and um, until he makes a decision, that's all it's really going to be. There's really no timeline. I've been getting a lot of questions like, hey, when this thing happens, whenever, when, wherever he goes, what's the timeline? We don't know. And that sucks, but we just don't know. Um, he doesn't have to make a decision anytime soon. Now, a team would would probably want to try and figure it out as soon as possible so they know where they need to get to um, by the new league year in March. So, you know, it, it's, he's going to take his time to a point, but he also is going to want to, you know, figure out where he's going, get in the building such that he can, you know, get with the coaches and figure out what he needs to do to get to a Super Bowl, which is, according to him, his goal. Uh, We have a guest coming up later in the week, hopefully trying to schedule that. Um, I think will be a really good, very uh, informative guest uh, on on a lot of what's going on in Green Bay right now. And so uh, that's coming up in a little bit. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.